to take a few seconds. It's time for the everyman. Well, real man talk. Let's go. Time to grind, get inside your mind. Yeah, we working overtime. That's the only way to climb. We gon' make it in our prime. Signing on the dotted line, cashing checks left and right. That's the way I'm living life. Hello, good evening, and welcome to the Everyman Podcast. Now, tonight we have a very special guest. We have Caitlin. So Caitlin's coming on to speak to the boys tonight around all things IVF and fertility. How are you doing tonight, Caitlin? Hello, I'm okay. Thanks for having us. No, we are super happy to have you. Um, I think this is your first podcast, which is yeah. super impressive that you're you're doing this because it's very brave, especially the first time you do something like this. We, we've definitely been there as a group of mates where the first mm-hmm. time we spoke about our truth or our story, you, you maybe a little bit um, like, oh, how's this going to go? But I promise we will we'll look after you tonight um and you can feel free to rip us and have our life all night as well so, uh, so that's absolutely fine um christian how are you mate you're hiding off camera here well uh for once it's actually not purposely i yeah. wasn't actually aware i was going to be on tonight but this is very um, true we're blaming dino so i've had to step in last minute and save the day not all heroes wear capes don't worry all uh, webcams hi <laughs> all webcams that don't have either of them you're right um, yeah. To be fair, I do have a pretty decent setup when I get it set up. I just hardly ever have it set up. Um, but I am doing alright. I'm doing alright. What about yourself? Yes, good mate. It just just feels like at the minute life's going super fast, and probably just trying to keep ahead of myself a little bit. I feel like if if we think we're already in February, and how it feels like yesterday we were celebrating New Year, and before we know it, it'll be the summer. And then before we know it, it'll be Christmas again. And you're thinking, bloody hell, I just wish life would slow down a little bit. But yes, I'm definitely like in that. In that. Over. You feel like life flies over, especially now. Just obviously you've got really? a, a young one, haven't you? So Yeah, especially now. I think Christmas like was exciting again. I think that's another thing that's like dead different, mm. having that like excitement back, especially since I'm like a pure old man now. Um, mm. But I think uh, once you get to the age that, Alfie is now like 18 months he's just learning so much so quickly that it's just like everything just flies by like all of a sudden he's walking all of a sudden he's talking and then I'm like now he's actually saying what he wants and where he wants it and stuff like that I'm like he's not a baby anymore he's not me little in <laughs> yeah just mad no oh, bless him he's uh he's not very well at the moment though is he Nah, nah, he's got like we, we don't know specifically what it is but he's basically got a really bad like cough um, mm-hmm. And it's specifically happening during the night, like when he's lying down. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's but, but it's so bad that it's getting to the point where it's like waking him up during the night. And he's always been unreal at sleeping. Like I'm talking, goes to bed at like half seven, eight o'clock and doesn't wake up until seven o'clock the next morning, which is like mm-hmm. a parent's dream. Yeah. Whereas yeah. the last couple of weeks, it's like the cough's so bad that he's coughing himself awake and then he realizes in, he's in the room by himself. He like oh, looks that's... around on the camera and he's like, "Oh, no one's here." <laughs> so then he starts crying and uh, it's been a uh, it's been a hard one for me sleep. But we're just trying oh, to get but... out to the bottom of what it is. Yeah, and are they making any progress on it or not? I there's a couple of things that are looking at. Like I said, he's he's doing actually really well. Like in terms of like day to day life, he's pretty happy and he's he, it's not mm-hmm. affecting him. It seems like mm-hmm. it's affecting me and Beth more than anything with the lack of sleep than 
than it yeah. is him. He's still a happy-go-lucky little lad. So, yeah, pretty good. Um, but other than that, I just find it, like I said, it's mad how quickly the time goes. Yeah, yeah. No, completely agree. Um, so, Caitlin, we are obviously getting you on tonight to talk around you're going to share some of your story and some of the journey that you've been on. Yeah. Um, but, but firstly, I think it would probably be good to get to know you a little bit too. Um, mm-hmm. I think that's really great that we understand who you are as a person yeah. and then we can delve into your into your story. Um, so in, in terms of um, who you are, what you do, like what, what do you do for fun? What, what do you do outside of work? Um, what sort of things make you sort of enjoy life? So at the minute, work-wise, I've got my own little business doing beauty. Um, I've just done a lot of training courses because I needed a job that kind of went around my hectic lifestyle. And this is the perfect thing to be my own little boss. Um, yeah. Outside of work, I love just spending time with like my friends and my nephews. I've got two little nephews. And just school on holiday, we decided last year that we were having a break from IVF. And I think I've done about four holidays last year, which was great, but very expensive. Um, So we're on a bit of a holiday ban this year. Um, We do have one in November. We're going on a cruise, which I can't wait for. Wow. Mm -hmm. Um, Where are you going? We're going around the Canaries for two weeks. So that will be really nice. we booked it last year and we actually booked a child place on in the hopes that that would happen. Oh, um, but now it's like, if we want to do this round this year, I would probably be seven months pregnant. And I don't know how I feel about that. <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah, yeah. See what happens. Well, fingers crossed for you, obviously. That's, yeah, that's no. definitely a, a big thing. Yeah. So you've touched upon it there, um, mm-hmm. that you're having a break from IVF. Um, or you having a break last year on from IVF. Mm-hmm. Um, I suppose it's probably a great segue into what we're going to talk about tonight. Um, what is your story around IVF? What what does that really look like? Um, so with me, I'm in the percentage of unexplained fertility. That's kind of what I've been classed as with the Fertility mm-hmm. Centre. So I'm up at Newcastle Fertility Centre, the Centre of Life. Um, and this says that I'm unexplained because out of all of the tests and everything they've done with myself and my partner, Phil, there's nothing to actually say that I can't fall pregnant naturally mm. or I can't conceive with IVF. Um, but it started because um, back in 2019, I had surgery to say if I had endometriosis. I know mm. that's something you're going to touch on as well in another one, yeah. which is a good listen to. Um, yeah because I've, I'm quite a poorly person, I, like was always in pain, having a lot of hospital admissions and basically just undiagnosed. Um, so after I had that laparoscopy, they didn't find any endometriosis, mm-hmm. um, but they've still um, told us that I have it symptomatically. And the next stop, step was IVF because I had been um trying naturally for for about two years and nothing was happening mm-hmm. um so it went quite quickly i had my surgery in may 2019 and i had my first round of ivf in um the october the same year 2019 mm-hmm. um 
which was successful, my first ever round, but sadly miscarried at 11 weeks. Oh, God. So, oh, sorry. Yeah, that, that wasn't great. Um, and I think I kind of, like, almost got obsessed with doing it a little bit, which is why I've ended up having a little bit of a break and almost doing back-to-back. Yeah. Um, you don't actually really have to wait. Um, you just have to wait, like, two cycles before you can start again. Okay. Um, and I was just waiting that and then going, like, straight in. So do you, do you mean two period cycles? Yeah, so two okay. period cycles, um, and then you can do it again. So I kind of continuously done that, didn't have another positive, um, and then COVID hit, and that was obviously had to have a break for COVID. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've had seven rounds up to now. Oh, God. My last one was... Um, what year? I don't even know. 2024. 2024. Yeah. Uh, October 2022 was my last one. And then oh, I decided okay. for me mental health, just me well-being overall, like I need to have a break. Mm-hmm. I mean, you touched on it a little bit, but if you don't mind us asking, so was it just the fact that you'd been trying naturally for a couple of years that made you think, well, maybe is there something wrong with one of us? Because I know a lot of people in similar positions who I know personally who've had that same thought, you know, they'll be trying naturally, they're not using protection, and then it just never comes and they're kind of like, you get that self-doubt of, oh, is it me? You know what I mean? Yeah, I think because of me health as well, overall, always in and out of hospital for like gynae issues, like anything to do with like my female organs and stuff like that. Um, I kind of thought there was something wrong with this. And then obviously because I wasn't falling pregnant um, mm. and it had been like two years unprotected, um, I thought, well, there's got to be something wrong with this. Um, you only have to actually be actively trying for a year um, before you can speak to your GP about it. Mm. Um, and I was referred quite quickly. I didn't expect it to be that quick after, so from May to October, really, is is mm-hmm. quite a good window to get started. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like I said, they've done every test under the sun, and they said there's nothing wrong with this. So it's just fingers crossed. Then more frustrating though that they're saying there's nothing wrong yeah. with it. I'm still I thought not that would. I was going to say. I thought. That, I thought that would be the case. I thought like mm-hmm. you kind of want an answer, don't you? You want to like this is why. And when you don't mm-hmm. get this is why, it's kind of like, but well, what is happening? Why is it not happening? Do you know what I mean? It's really frustrating, and um, I'm actually at the fertility center tomorrow um, to do some routine swabs. Um, and so I was in a couple of weeks ago, um, and I found out that I had a blood clot in my room. So I literally had a period for five and a half weeks, <laughs> nonstop, oh, wow. like really bad. Yeah. And yeah, it was because lot. I had a blood clot. Um, and I think this is why I'm feeling so tired. I think I've got no iron left. <laughs> I'm just nothing. So, I'm knackered. Um, but yeah, so I had a blood clot in my room. I've had to wait for that to come away before I can do anything else. Mm-hmm. I've got to go tomorrow for some routine swabs. And then um, I actually heard them say, but I don't know why she hasn't had this done from the beginning. Um, but I'm going to get my tubes tested. So what they'll do is they'll put some dye in them to see if my tubes are blocked because that can also prevent you from falling pregnant, oh. which is something I should have had seven rounds ago. <laughs> And can they do anything to unblock them? They'd flush you out. They would flush, flush your tubes. Um, I actually had a lot of messages on the back of a post I put in the group. 
um, mm -hmm. saying that they had that and some people fell pregnant after it, um, wow. which is also frustrating. I think, like, imagine that was the it issue. could just be it, yeah. <laughs> and it, no, I think it's all this time, so it's mm -hmm. just... I want to kind of get my health on check a little bit before yeah. I start. Um, with us having a year off last year, we obviously mm. done all of our holidays, so um, and I've mentally and physically prepared myself, but my health just declines a little bit, or just something new happens. So I don't want to. I want to start ASAP, but I don't until I know that my body can handle it. Yeah, the time's um, right and stuff. But then you think oh, I'm okay to start, and then something happens. So mm. I'm just fingers crossed that nothing does come up now. Yeah. I'm good to go. Do, do you know when you say um, you want to get your your health into a good position before you start, like what does that what does that actually mean for you? Um, so mentally, I think I've come quite a long way. I mm -hmm. do still have days where I wake up and think like, oh, how am I going to get through today? And a lot of it comes back. Yesterday was a really hard day for me. Um, mm -hmm. I had a lot of memories come up on my phone, which was um, the baby's heartbeat scan and stuff, you know, from the first time that I felt pregnant and bits of clothing yeah. that I had bought. Which So I did have a bit of a, a mental health day yesterday. Um but I'm just having loads of tests at the moment. Um, so as I was touching on previously, they didn't find any endometriosis, but I'm still having constant, well, like hospital or doctor referrals. Um, I ended up in hospital in November for three days, really, really ill um, mm -hmm. and discharged because I didn't know what was wrong with us. So either the endometriosis, I do have endometriosis and I just couldn't see it back then and it's got worse. Mm -hmm. or there's something else but they won't do another surgery to see if I've got endometriosis because I think it's pointless opening this back up and causing more scarring so it's just mm -hmm. never ended <laughs> mm -hmm. um yeah so, so we we haven't touched on endometriosis yet as a podcast and it is something that we are going to be talking about with a um with another guest soon as, as yeah. you said at the start but for, for anyone who's listening what what is it so it's where parts of your endometrium, your tissue, grow outside of that. Mm -hmm. So in some really severe cases, it's almost like a sticky substance and it can start to stick your organs and stuff and it can cause loads of um, problems. So, for example, it's, it's really debilitating. Um, mm -hmm. You can have, I could be okay now and in five minutes I could be on the floor. Um, oh, it's like period cramps times like a thousand um and when I've been admitted in a hospital for it it's it's quite hard for me to um I can't think of the word compare it <laughs> to compare it to this but um it's like having contractions mm. like the pain yeah. in itself is like going through childbirth and it kind of brings back me having a miscarriage again because the pain is that severe yeah. all the time. Yeah. Um, and I'm on, I get oral morphine prescribed for us very regularly off the doctor because it's that bad. Wow. Um, a lot of people um, have hysterectomies because the pain is that severe and they just oh, want everything. Just want rid of it. Wow. Yeah. Some people have had children and it's actually flushed a lot of the endometriosis away with having a baby. Mm. Um, some people get it lasered off 
Well, like I said, I haven't actually found any with me, but I am symptomatically diagnosed with endometriosis. Yeah, you've got yeah. everything that kind of like points towards that. It's just they can't kind of find it to, to give the guarantee. It's, yeah, it's it's like um, it can only be found through laparoscopic surgery. Um, and because I've already had that, they don't want to go back in sure, and do yeah. it again. But the issues that I'm having now... So um, I'm actually getting really, really severe pains, like up my bum, <laughs> um, which is also associated with endometriosis. So I think that um, if those pains are getting more severe, then I think that that is, that's what's happening. I think we, the endometriosis is progressing. Mm-hmm. Um, it's been four years now since I've had a look. So, but again, and that has a massive impact on your fertility because it can block everything off. They can find it in your tubes. They can find it in your womb. They can find it everywhere. Mm-hmm. And if you don't mind us asking, and if it's mm-hmm. not a subject you want to talk about, so how does that affect you, like mentally, in terms of like having to go through such like a great deal of pain on such a regular basis, like for it's something awful. that you can't yeah. get an answer for? Do you know what I mean? You almost wish, like, so for example, I was, I had an endoscopy um, two weeks ago now, and it, that it came back inconclusive, like there was nothing they found. Um, and I said, oh, so just another thing that I'm undiagnosed for, but I'm in pain for all of the time. Um, mm-hmm. You almost want to be diagnosed with something so you can say, right, well, this is what I've got. This is how we're going to treat it. Mm-hmm. But it's just a constant vicious circle. And there's been times where I've went to a and I've been blue-lighted in a hospital, um, and you almost get, like, made to feel that it's all in your head. Um, I remember going once and, like, literally couldn't get out of bed, couldn't go to work, and he basically said, you know, we think you need to go to yoga and muscle relaxation classes. He has five months of morphine. <laughs> I was like, <sighs> what? Like, what do you want us to do with that? Yeah, I can't, I can't go to work. Yeah, um, so it is really draining. Uh, it's good that I've got such a good, like, meeting partner. He's amazing. Um, so it, it definitely helps that they understand as well. Mm-hmm. How does how's he found it all, the full situation? Um, it feels quite hard at showing his emotions, to be honest. I think as long as he thinks that I'm okay, he's okay. Um mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a, a very typical bloke reaction, that, isn't it? Yeah, it is. But I do get his frustration because I can see how affected he is when I'm in pain and he almost mm-hmm. wishes he could do something. And 100%. times where, you know, like all dignity has gone out the window because he's literally had to carry me to the toilet. He's had a bathers, he's had dresses. Um, he's he's done a lot, and I think it takes a lot for a man to be able to do that as well, and that obviously will have an impact on him. Um, mm-hmm. but he doesn't really voice it. But yeah. I do tell him that he needs to he needs to start, <laughs> and I'm like, yeah. look at this group, join this group, and <laughs> yeah. um, I definitely want him to be more open with these emotions, but mm-hmm. not going to get on his case. <laughs> I think. Go on, mate. No, I'm just gonna say I think sometimes, like from our perspective, it's it's like you don't want to try and show that because you want to try and be the person who's there for yeah. your partner. You want to be a burden. Yeah, and if, from our perspective, like if if Beth's not well or whatever, I want to sort of be the one who's like, oh well, I'll be okay so that she's okay. 
to help mm-hmm. her. Um, and I think that's something we really struggle with yeah. in general as men. But to be fair, he sounds like a canny, canny good yes, partner if he's doing all them yes, he <laughs> stuff. You know what I mean? That's when you know someone's like genuine, like actually yeah, forever. Yeah, yeah. If they're actually gonna sort of be there for you when the shit's down, you know? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. No, I think I suppose my question would be around that though. Like, what support do you get? Do, do the NHS give you counselling? Do you can you get anything? Because it's, I mean, it's, you're grieving, aren't you? That's the thing. Yeah, so um, when I worked for my previous company, AE, um, I had a lot of sickness there due to obviously miscarrying and um, just IVF in general, the way it affected me mental health. And they did offer us talking therapies and I did accept that, but I felt like I had to because I was on the sick and it's something I think that they would have picked up on if I didn't. Um, but I hated did it. Help or not? It didn't help. I hated it. It was just me crying down the phone for a solid hour to somebody who was paid to say I understand. Mm. Um, which is, I think, why I made my group. Um, so when I had the ectopic pregnancy um, back in April 2022, mm-hmm. on the back of that, I just felt like you have your friends and you have your family that you can speak to, but like, who can you actually speak to without... Um, going public about things that's been through the same thing as you Um, and obviously by that time I had never told anybody about my IVF like literally very close friends so I'd done um, five no I'd done six rounds of IVF with nobody knowing because I I didn't want um, for something to happen and have to explain myself every single time or you know, if I felt pregnant and I miscarried and I would have to tell everybody. Um, yeah. But I think that's why I kind of went in on myself a lot with me mental health because I was carrying all of this weight on my shoulders. So mm-hmm. I created my IVF page um, and pregnancy loss support page and it just, it took off. Um, I get people from all over that messages and then starting to get a lot more followers now who I don't even have on Facebook. Um, mm-hmm. who are messaging us for a bit of advice or just to kind of tell us their situation because, like I said, those people are paid to say that I understand, but they don't, you know, like mm. the likelihood of them going through it, I, I just, yeah, it's hard. So, yeah, so I think when you when you talk about that, I think that is such a, a testament to your character that because you're still going through it that's the thing yeah. it's not just that you've been through it you're still going through it yet you still want to help others and yeah. I, I suppose when i think about why we do this podcast is for the same sort of reason it's, it's exactly there. the same it's, reason yeah society doesn't really support us in these types of conversations and with these types mm-hmm. of issues as you say and i'm definitely not dissing the nhs or any medical no. professionals but they only know what they know and mm-hmm. your truth's your truth. So if if you've gone through something and someone on the other end of the phone or at an appointment hasn't, that they might know the science behind it, but actually yeah. the, the, the raw emotion, sometimes you need to be around like-minded people or people who've shared an experience for you to yeah. probably feel like, actually, I can get through this. Mm-hmm. And I'm super impressed with your group. Um, because again, it's just, it's another version of what this is. It's a community of people who, whether they've gone through it, going to go through it or know someone who's gone through it, yeah. like 
it's a community of people who actually want to help each other yeah um, I think, um I just educating people as well like they don't a lot of people still don't know what IVF is and I think a few years back everyone used to associate IVF with test tube babies do you know what I mean that was like the same that you used to hear when you think of IVF and the don't yeah. understand that it is a lot more than just putting an egg in a petri dish and fertilizing it it honestly is it's a massive procedure um it is weeks long to do um so it was more to also educate people on that as well um yeah i didn't have a single person that i knew who had went through ivf and it is it just mind-blowing now to know how many people on my facebook who i've known for years who have actually went through the same thing and probably felt like i did like who have I got to speak to about why do people need to know that I'm having issues falling pregnant? So mm-hmm. I think, well, I hope I have helped a lot of people kind of come out of that stigma and and talk about it more because it, it lifted a massive, it was almost like my own therapy, just mm-hmm. getting things down. And sometimes I would be writing and writing and rambling massive paragraphs. And then at the end, I would think like, wow, that really helped. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, I think half of, the battle of overcoming something or accepting something or dealing with something is actually like owning it. And I think there's no better yeah. way to own something than than to talk about it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think whilst, and this doesn't necessarily just uh, relate to this topic, but all sort of health topics, I think if you speak the truth of what it is and the struggles that you're having, it does just give you a different perspective on what it is because yeah. I think, especially when we're, we're struggling, we get stuck in our own emotions so much and stuck in our own head. And we massively, I'm so bad for overthinking stuff. Like if I'm, if I'm struggling with a, anything really, my brain just goes, like works overtime. And, and I found just by, as you say, speaking up or reaching out to someone or reading about something, it massively gives, changes my mindset with it. So when when you think of the times when you've struggled like how have you managed to sort of deal with that and come out the other end i'm not gonna lie like sometimes i feel like i haven't um mm. again getting things down on my page like helped me a lot there was days where i would just sit and cry and cry and i think a lot of people as well like i am a very like happy bubbly person and nobody I think everybody was quite shocked to actually like learn what I've Mm. been through um but as well again Phil like he is just he's been the absolute rock bless him and he's took some shit (laughs) like he's took some dark days off me um Mm -hmm. and even just like my dog like it is crazy to think what life was like before her and she's even got me through some dark times and there's Mm -hmm. a a few times where I've actually said to Phil like I honestly don't know because he works away quite a lot like I honestly don't know what my mental state would be right now if I didn't just have the dog in the house just Mm -hmm. somebody to sit there who's like still there doesn't obviously talk or anything to you but just sits and next to you whilst you cry um Mm -hmm. but I think because I'm so focused on what I want and like becoming a mom and being a mom, it's like all I want in this world. I just know that I have to get out of this little rut and pull myself together before I can do mm-hmm. that. Um, I do still have days and I was even questioning it the other week to Phil and I was like, 
what if like I'm still not okay to be a mom like some days I wake up and think my mental state is so bad like would I actually be a good mom right now um Mm -hmm. and he was like of course you will like yeah I agree like you will um but you do you do still get yourself in a lot of ruts yeah when so you've mentioned that you brought up sort of IVF so mm-hmm. as a group of blokes, so our demographic of listeners is around 50-50 men and women. Yeah. There's going to be 50%, at least 50% will not have a clue what IVF actually is, yeah. what what the process is. I'm one of them, Other before doing any research for this pod, I know yeah. a little bit now, but before doing research for this pod, I didn't have a Scooby-Doo what it is. Could you yeah. explain like what the process is, how it works? Yeah, um, so um, obviously getting past the part of the referral and everything like that. Um, obviously, if you're like Northeast space, you'll probably go to the centre of life um, and you'll undergo a lot of tests um, like routine bloods, swabs. Uh, ultrasounds just to make sure that everything inside is as it should be so for me it always has been Um, and then you're put on medication so what the medication does is it almost um, puts you in a state of menopause because it stops all of your cycles and you actually do get a lot of symptoms associated to the menopause Um, so the hot flushes the um, they are the worst thing ever um so even like your mood swings everything like that so basically just stopping your period and getting your womb lining thick enough um and then what happens with that is you go in just to make sure everything's okay and you so if you're doing a fresh round sorry i'm getting a bit lost because it's i've done i haven't done a fresh round for ages um, so basically part of it is that you have to go in to the hospital and you're not like sedated but you're kind of like halfway there and they'll basically go inside with a big needle through a speculum almost like having a smear and they'll suck your eggs out so the the needle will go in and it'll suck the eggs through your, out your ovaries yeah. sounds very um, intrusive yeah, I, it, it, it was always going to be, but to, to yeah, a bloke, well, we don't have any of this. Yeah, after all of your medication and stuff, on a fresh round, you get your eggs out. Um, and then you that your eggs are taken away and Phil has to go and do his little sample, <laughs> which he hates. The magazine. Um, <laughs> We've, we spoke about the magazine before. Oh, God. He was like, well, I'm not using them, the amount of hands that have been on them. Um yeah. So obviously he has to go through his tests and stuff to make sure that his sperm counts okay. Um, And then the eggs are put into a little dish and fertilised with his sample. Um, So roughly I've had about nine eggs and six of them are fertilised, which is really good. Some people get one, some people get none. Mm. Um, Which, you know, waiting for that phone call to see if any of your eggs have survived is horrendous that um to wait for that and then you wait five days you've got to wait five days to see if your eggs survive and then you go in and again like having a smear um you get the speculum and your eggs are inserted through a catheter into your womb and then you have to wait two weeks for a pregnancy test wow and is that like a scary thought to have to wait like it's the process up from like it being inserted to like 
taking a pregnancy test is it kind of like a really I can imagine that's a very nerve-wracking like hard time for your mental health kind of thing it's awful because you just look for any little sign um so I actually have had a chemical pregnancy so what that is is it's a miscarriage before around about five weeks um but also a chemical pregnancy could be like a false negative, a false positive, where there's just enough HCG from the embryo failing in your um, like your way or your blood so that it pops up and tells you that you're pregnant, but you're not. So I tested on day 13 because I just couldn't wait any longer and I got a positive and it was negative the next day. Ugh. And I spent like a hundred, like over a hundred pounds on pregnancy tests. Just oh, waiting wow. for that next positive, and um, I'll never do that again. I'll never do it early. I would rather just wait the extra yeah. day now. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But that was torture to me. That's horrible. Yeah. Yeah, that was awful. Um, so I'm just part of this is like I'm really excited to get going again, but then yeah. like even talking about it now, I'm thinking, oh God, what if this happens? Yeah. Um, because this is a fresh round. Your fresh rounds are always the best. What does that um, mean? Like fresh eggs? Yeah. So the fresh, um, the other eggs get frozen. Mm. Um, and they're not, they're still viable, but obviously they're not as good as your fresh ones. Mm-hmm. So we started to two, put two eggs back now, which is obviously risk of twins, multiple pregnancies. Um but I'm just like, I'm running out of options. <laughs> I put them all back at this point. <laughs> mm-hmm. If I knew it would work, I'd be like, just put them all in. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Kind of a credit though, how like positive you are in the situation. Like mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. once again, it kind of comes back to sort of what Lewis said earlier about not a lot of people would be like how you are now and have that mental capacity to be able to sort of like carry on with the journey. Um, yeah. And I hope I don't cross the line by asking this question, but I genuinely do think it's probably important to ask just in case someone else is going through a similar situation. Mm-hmm. Um, you said about having a miscarriage at 11, 11 weeks. Yeah. When you did have the miscarriage, obviously I, I've personally been through a miscarriage with an ex-partner myself. No, personally, it's a horrible situation to go yeah. through. Um, yeah, I agree. And from your perspective, especially with what you're going through with IVF, did that ever after the miscarriage happened, affect your desire to do IVF? Like, in terms of, like, did it scare you or think maybe if it happens again or, like, I don't want to have to go through that? Because the partner who I had the miscarriage with was, like, really scared about the idea of getting pregnant again in case that happened again. Did that make sense? Yeah. Um, a little similar to what I said before, like, in terms of um, because I just want this so much, it kind of overrules how I'm how I'm feeling and I keep thinking like I just I need to keep going because this is all I want in the world um but even now like even talking about it now it's bringing back like a lot of like a lot of um bad like times and um Mm, my worry now no no like I'm so open to talk about everything um but my worry now is like if it happens again, like I generally don't know what what my mental state will be if that was to happen, and I even kind of question sometimes if it was to happen again, would would I be able to continue to go on? Um, but then I Do think, you... well, I have, I've been able to get over it and do it. So. Mm-hmm. And by go on, do you mean carry on trying, or do you mean go yeah. on with life? 
Carry on trying. I mean, yeah. you know, questionable that I've even thought about other things as well. Like, yeah, 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 I understand that, that. You know, like sometimes I think like, like what, as a woman, it is a massive thing to not be able to do. You know, as a woman, you think, you know, I should be able to carry a baby. I should be able to fall pregnant. Um, and to not be able to do that, it's, it's, it's hard. Um, mm. So you do have... Sometimes I think yeah, what, what am I here for? <laughs> and sometimes I have to remind myself that like I do have a good life and I've started to kind of realise now that if me and Phil didn't um if we don't get the chance to be mum and dad, like we have a really good life together, you know, and there's a lot of other things we can do. We can go travelling and um and know that if it's not something I can make possible that I'm still gonna have him there. Um well, that that's again testament to your relationship. Yeah. It it I have to be honest, I've seen it firsthand that it break it can break, yeah. break a yeah. And it can break a relationship so easily. Mm -hmm. And it's, and it's mainly yeah. it's it's the fact that couples aren't great generally at talking about it. So mm -hmm. everything you've just discussed there, there's so much like raw pain in how mm -hmm. you're feeling. And Phil will have his version of his pain. Yeah. And then to what Job was saying that as a, a man naturally like if if i'm sad and I, I don't have a partner but if i did and she was sad like i would put my sadness to one side because i'd want her to be okay and yeah. then over time that kind of erodes because both of you it need is, to be okay yeah. that's it yeah and we we are pretty solid um like mm -hmm. all of our friends and family know and there was like one really dark time where um we did have that breakdown in communication, you know, and I was kind of always, you know, um, well, I'm depressed, you know, I'm down. And then it kind of hit home when he also said that he was. And that's probably mm. the first time in nearly nine years together that I thought like, oh, my God, this could literally make or break us. Mm -hmm. um, but we got through it. And it was because I literally had to sit down and say, like, you need to talk about your emotions. Like, you need to tell us how you're feeling. And I yeah. feel bad for kind of, you almost feel bad for feeling so depressed yourself because you feel as though you're mirroring that on your partner and they are just seeing you so depressed that that's how they can, they have to feel now. So yeah, you do, I think to get through it, you, you have to talk. You can't just shut your emotions down. And I really hope that, um, you know, even men take away from that. It's, it is just what us women want. <laughs> it's yeah. ways to just talk, literally. It really so, so, so you're saying you don't know if you could do more. Like, I presume you guys have had the conversation. Is there a limit? Is it we get to 10, that's it? Like, are you so, on those sorts um, of thoughts? On the NHS, you get three fresh rounds. So I am really, really lucky to get like seven. Um, so I've done two fresh rounds um, and I've got seven rounds out of that, if that makes sense. So well, what, sorry, what... I get two. So you get three egg retrievals. Okay. So I've had my eggs retrieve, retrieved twice and I've got seven rounds out of the amount of eggs that I've had. That makes sense. Yeah. So I've got one more egg retrieval left on the NHS. So if I was to get six eggs again, then I would probably do another three rounds because I would put two back at a time. Mm -hmm. um, and then if that doesn't work, then IVF is, is over unless mm -hmm. we 
saved a lot of money. Um, It's a fortune, isn't it? It can cost anywhere between about four to ten thousand pounds. What? Yeah. Um, And that's not guaranteed it works either. Well, exactly. I think for me, because if I do get to that point, uh, I I just wouldn't spend the money. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, like I've gone through all of this. I could spend that money on, you know, more different happiness. Um, memories, make memories yeah, of your partner, especially since you've had Yeah, I just, whereas um, I know a girl who I got introduced to because I wanted to find somebody who also went through IVF and she, she's she been amazing with me. Um, and she had um, her little boy, her first ever round of IVF. She got two eggs and she had a little boy and then she paid to get her second egg put in and she had a little girl so some people's stories like are amazing and I do think it is a lot to do with luck but Mm -hmm. which also but it also questions the fact that um you know the sin there's nothing wrong with this so why is it not working Mm -hmm. um it's really frustrating so would you need the tubes test first to see if there is any blockages before you will actually do any of the IVF again yeah, well, like I was saying before, this is something they should have done years ago because, you know, um, as you're going through all of your tests anyways at the fertility centre, they don't just say, right, okay, you've been trying for this long, we'll just put you straight on IVF. They do tests to see why you're not actually conceiving naturally. And obviously from the tests that they've done, they couldn't say any reason why I wasn't. But they never done a dye test on my tubes. Mm. Um, which mm. I'm now thinking, you know, what if I have got blocked tubes? <laughs> yeah, because that would would that not piss you off? Because it's like, well, I've just yeah, done two um, rounds, two yeah. fresh rounds. It's not even that though; it's the mental like, strain as well, isn't it? Yeah, um, I've like I found a letter um to say that there was something wrong with my uterus. It was dated February 2022, um, and basically they said that I had a partially septated uterus, which means that. Um, I had a dip in my uterus, so almost like a triangle going down. Mm-hmm. Um, and miscarriage rate in general is between 12 and um, 25%. Wow. Um, yeah, that's the miscarriage rate. And the miscarriage rate for having this type of uterus is 25 to 47%. Oh, wow. So obviously finding this letter, never ever been told face-to-face that I have this type of uterus. Um, I get on the phone, you know, and I'm like, you just need to do tests. Why have I never been told this? Which is why I was at the hospital a couple of weeks ago and they said that I don't have it. They don't know why it's been put on the letter. <laughs> and I was like, that has literally tortured me for weeks. Mm-hmm. Like, I've literally been up at night crying, thinking that's why I'm not falling pregnant because he's a wrote that on a letter. So huge miscommunication. Um, and that's how they found the blood clot because I was getting that many tests to see if I had this type of uterus. Mm-hmm. So I feel as though like it's not straightforward. Like it's, there's just loads of little things that keep coming up and are questionable. Um, yeah. But the blood clot's away. Get my swabs tomorrow, and I've got a big IVF review on the fifth of March. Mm-hmm. So I'll speak to them and hopefully get a date when I can start again. Yeah. Do, do you know when, um, again, this is another personal question, but apologies mm-hmm. if, if not, is is adopting on your 
cards like what do you think about adopting or do you think about a surrogate like do you think about because I think that's where my head would go I think yeah um adoption um I know it's not as straightforward and you know your family life and even mm -hmm. people who your family's a massive part of your adoption thing as well and I think it's like it's awful <laughs> but I just don't think I would pass the adoption for things um but also we have spoke about it and in I, I don't have anything against him for thinking it but I think Phil massively just wouldn't want to do it um mm. I think it's maybe harder for a man to accept that you know this basically like this is a child that we're going to get and we need to love this child um yeah and if that was I would want a baby I don't think I could physically do it with a child who was older um mm -hmm. But honestly, hats off to anybody who does it. I really, really admire them. I would love to if I knew that I would get a solid yes. Um, but it is a really, really hard thing to actually get to do. It's not easy at all to get into adoption. Um, in terms of surrogacy, um, someone actually offered to be a surrogate for us, one of my family members, which was amazing. And I asked and they said no, the fertility centre said no because apparently there's nothing wrong with us. There's nothing wrong with my womb. They wouldn't offer surrogacy. Um, and I said, right. you know, I've had seven rounds. <laughs> there's clearly something wrong with us. Why yeah. wouldn't um, you allow us to try another, like, another avenue? But apparently I'm not allowed. Wow. That was amazing from for someone to offer to do that for you as well, though. Yeah. Like, they they said, you know, why there's nothing, basically their words, there's nothing wrong with your womb. Why would you want to put someone through that? That's not fair. And I was like, it's like, they're willing to do it. I'm not forcing somebody's hand. Mm. Um, But again, surrogacy, there's no surrogacy laws in the UK. You could, you know, someone could carry your baby and then they could say, well, I want to keep that baby. Mm. That you don't have anything in writing at the courts to say anything. Mm. So, yeah, that, that would be a massive concern, wouldn't it? Yeah. yeah. And I, I get it. Like, you know, you carry something inside of you for nine months. Mm -hmm. Why would um why would they want to give that away? I personally could never do it. I really no, couldn't. Um, no. But I think that's because of what I've went through. Um, but I will definitely, if I have a baby, I will donate my eggs to the fertility centre to help more women. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Um because it's just not nice. It's not a nice thing to go through. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to be honest. I've learned so much here that I just mm. didn't know were things. Same. Um, You're ignorant. I yeah, feel like I, feel I, really... I didn't know. I don't think it's ignorance. I can never say that word. I just think people aren't educated enough on it. Like... I definitely wasn't. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. Do you know mm. what? I'm I'm going to embarrass myself here and sound like a bit of a knob. <laughs> but do you know when you said about the whole test tube thing? Yeah. I genuinely thought that was the the crack and that's mm -hmm. like my own embarrassing like not given enough attention to the actual issue of it i just thought like people paid and i didn't even know you could get it on the nhs that's another thing i thought yeah. people paid thousands and thousands of pounds for somebody to just take it put it in a petri dish and then obviously mm -hmm. mix the two and then it goes back in and that's it and you really don't think from an outsider's perspective how much heartbreak goes through it how yeah. much like it puts on a pressure on a couple like that kind of thing mm -hmm. and how much bloody shit you have to go through do you know what i mean yeah and, and that's kind of like something that this has opened my eyes to especially when you think people yeah especially when you think that two people could just have sex and get pregnant and that's it so yeah. you either have the people who just have sex get pregnant 
that's their life. I know there's challenges, but it's fairly simple. But then mm -hmm. actually that to get the support, it doesn't seem like a really pleasant process at all. Yeah, um, I think everyone is so quick to put to talk about the positive pregnancy tests as well and nobody like talks about the negative and you know a lot of people the heart that people feel not also fallen pregnant as well everyone is you know so happy for everybody that is but there's no compassion given to anybody that isn't mm -hmm. um but again that's because it's not spoke about enough you don't you, you see the pregnancy um posts on facebook and everyone congratulating them but you don't see people post you know been trying for a baby i've had another negative test but mm. i just think it needs to be normalized and people need to speak yeah. about it yeah i couldn't agree more and, and i think that is the challenge in today's world with social media that we all live our best life in yeah. public and we we're, we're losing some sort of real human connection around mm -hmm. actually just having honest conversations but actually that makes as you said before the stigma of the conversation so much worse because no one ever wants to present themselves as struggling or it's yeah. tough 100 um, instagram does that as well a lot instagram's mm. awful for like like everyone's life looks perfect mm. and it really affects my mental health i know that for certain when i see like oh someone's been this many holidays and they're traveling around the world and they're doing this and they're doing that and they never Caitlin last year. I, <laughs> this is your fault <laughs> um but no it really does affect you because you think like I'm sat here, I work my arse off, like, I'm really struggling mentally, like, I kind of seem to feel good about myself ever, and there's these people with just, like, six-packs constantly, and they're travelling around the world, and it's like, well, what am I doing wrong in life? Mm. But it's not, it's, you just don't get to see their shit that they're going through, they're probably going yeah. through just as much crap as we are, but because Instagram doesn't paint that picture, you assume that's their whole life. Mm. Yeah, no, I get it. I think sometimes as well, I get a little bit um, worked up over a lot of celebrity posts who are just, you know, going to the clinic and getting their eggs frozen and having the luxury of money to be able to do that. Um, and I probably will get some stick for saying that, but it, it does upset us because I think, you know, um, you do have the luxury of money on your side to just go and freeze your eggs, do whatever you want and then come back to it. Um, a lot of people have said to me, you know, well, you're still very young. You know, you've got your whole How life you? here. I'm 27 in April. Um, so obviously people will say that as young, but then I just think, you know, imagine I started that process from now. The the older you get, you know, the, the less eggs and stuff you produce. So I knew that I wanted to be a mom, like not saying like a very young age, but when me and Phil got together, I knew very quickly that, you know, this is who I wanted a family with and I wouldn't mm. want to do it with anybody else. And why wait? Um, you know, we've got, we're, we're moved in quite quickly together. We've got a good life, got a good job. So mm -hmm. why not? Um, yeah. But obviously touching on um, the fact that if my rounds run out, I'm still um, hopeful as well because when I had my ectopic pregnancy, that was actually the first ever time that I felt pregnant naturally. <laughs> mm -hmm. So again, even more heartbreaking that it didn't work out. And I thought that, you know, um, even though it didn't work out, I still know that I can get pregnant naturally. It's just not, it's not working. And we need to get to the bottom of why. Um, but I just feel like they're not really interested in finding out why. Mm-hmm. It's so, a yes or no. Yeah. 
Yeah, it, it does feel like a lot. We've spoke about this as a, a general thing about sort of um, medical care in the UK, where they have like a really rigid process that everyone goes through that rigid process. And it's just yes, no, yes, no, yes, no, yes, mm -hmm. no. Like that's it. Um, where to give someone true like personal health care, it needs to be well, hang on, let's actually investigate this. Let's actually understand why. Because yeah. if you, st if, I think if you go to the doctors or the hospital and, and seek medical attention and you still leave that place not understanding why, then for me, that's a failed healthcare system. We yeah. should be able to understand why. Okay, you don't need to be a doctor or a scientist to the degree mm -hmm. where you understand the, everything behind it, but enough yeah. where you leave going, okay, at, at least I understand. I know what yeah. it is now, and that's it. But that mm -hmm. happens across so many things, especially mental health. It's we all get into. I don't know if you've ever been to the doctors around your mental health. I have before, yeah. and it's very much like they try to push you down medication so yeah. quickly. So I've, I've, yeah, I've never had any medication for my mental health. Um, I don't intend to, and and not nothing against anyone who does. Oh, I have. Me, yeah, <laughs> I've had plenty. Yeah, nothing against anyone who does, and that's again all all choice because it, there is a, a potential chemical imbalance and all those sorts of things, and yeah. it can plug some gaps. I get it, but for me, it's about let me actually speak to someone, let me actually um, yeah. talk about what I'm struggling with to the point where like it's not just someone agreeing on the end of the phone, like we've said before. Mm -hmm. It's let me talk to someone who's actually an expert in what I'm struggling with, not someone who's a one size fits all, just take some antidepressants or whatever and see you later but we need to improve that for people to actually feel and become better because yeah, today's definitely. world is just set up so much for us all to fail yeah i was um pretty similar when i got myself in a really dark place um 2022 was one of the worst years for me mentally um mm -hmm. and they tried to push sertaline on us and um for me i think that i didn't take it because me taking that was me diagnosed as clinically depressed mm -hmm. um, depression anxiety that's what I had and it was written down but I thought well if I take these tablets I am definitely that mm -hmm. um and honestly it, it is me page that kind of got us through it because I started getting everything down and the first step is literally just ringing up and saying this is how I feel mm -hmm. um but I think they did obviously offer us talking therapies, but I had tried that. And again, it was just someone on the other end of the phone just listening to you cry. Um, mm -hmm. But, you know, it, it, it works for some people. Some people now can't live without it. But again, that's hard for people to actually come off them and, mm -hmm. and feel good. Um, yeah. I know people who literally miss a day or two and literally that's so right. chemically imbalanced that they then need that again to, to balance them out yeah well, that's what happened Joe, to me that's yeah, how do you find it happened to me well i've never been on them for ages i'm talking years and years and years and years and years but when i first um ever got my whole mental health sort of problems when i was really young um mm. the first thing i was given was diazepam which is actually not given anymore because it was turned no. out as like highly addictive, like really addictive, like a full on. It gets abused now, addictive. doesn't it? It's a prescription. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and I'll be honest with you, it really did help. It did help. It did a lot, but it is kind of like a tranquilizer. Um, mm -hmm. So for, for me, I wasn't me 
I was okay to the point where I didn't want to do anything to harm myself or anything, but I equally wasn't the same person, if that yeah. makes sense. I was a dulled version of myself, and I found it really hard to come off that. Um, and that's kind of why I, the main reason I stopped taking them is because I thought, well, look, if I depend on these, I'm going to go my whole life on something where if I, if the government just randomly say, right, we're taking that away from you, what what am I going to do at that point? Like, I'm no further forward with actually solving the problem. I'm just masking mm. the problem with these drugs. Yeah. And like you said, some people do have that and, and accept that and, and it helps them. And it, I wouldn't say don't do it because yeah. with me, mental health, kind of it's funny what you said about like the Taunton therapy didn't work for me because I've been in Taunton therapy since I was 16 and mm-hmm. it, it's what keeps me going <laughs> and it's like but but that's what I'm saying everyone's different there's no yeah. one and I think a lot of people and what Lou was kind of getting at before is everything's always it's a one size fits all oh mm. you should have talking therapy and that's the answer because this person it, it, exactly and it's not yeah. it's not the answer because everyone's going through different stuff there's a different reason why they're feeling the way they're feeling and giving the same solution for a different problem doesn't help mm-hmm. yeah i agree it's about finding what works yeah. for you and i think the more people we have on this pod and why we have people of different problems and different health issues and all that kind of stuff is because we want to be able to be as eclectic as possible mm-hmm. to sort of say look yeah you might not be going through this or this you've tried this and this didn't help you but here's someone who's going through a similar thing who found this helped so yeah. people have more understanding of what helps out there because i think mm-hmm. that's another thing that's not spread enough people think oh there's taught therapy or there's drugs that's it there's two mm-hmm. answers and realistically, there's not. There's so many different things that people can get. The problem is we just don't get told enough about them. It's not. Yeah. It should be pushed. They should say, this is what we can do for you. This is what we can do for you. But instead, people have to chase it. Like, you have mm-hmm. to find out from someone else to say, like, oh, why was my doctor never offered me to do this type of thing? Because It's even like your tubes. Why weren't you offered yeah. it, but others are offered it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 No, That's I agree. Exactly the point. I agree. And it is good for people to speak about it and kind of list things that help for them because it could help someone else. And, you know, it's good that I found that my therapy was getting everything down and writing and opening this support group. Um, Mm -hmm. Because a lot, I was actually, I used to research a lot into IVF and I found that a lot of it was negative. And I know that sometimes, you know, a lot of my posts are negative in terms of me not having a good result, but I am very raw with it. Mm -hmm. Um, And a lot of it was American. I feel as though IVF in America is quite big. Um, Whereas in the UK, I couldn't find any, anything uh, in the UK, like any pages at all. It was all American. So, um. Yeah, it, it's it's good. Like I actually had someone from America messages, which was good because obviously my page has reached quite far. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm I'm just hoping to do like more of this. And I actually said to Phil, like literally hours before you put that status on on your um group, and I said I want to do more. Like my goal this year is to try and help more people. And do you know even have like. A little coffee morning with people in the area that I've went through not even just IVF but like pregnancy loss as well is a huge thing and I don't think people have support for that and again mm-hmm. you know family can say you know I'm with you I support you but it means a whole lot more coming from someone that's been through it 
and mm-hmm. you know just taking the time to speak to somebody who has you you do feel like when they say I understand what you're going through that it's genuine mm-hmm. um and it is a big weight off your shoulders so Kate's coffee morning's coming soon, everyone. That's <laughs> it, yeah. <laughs> You'll have to get yeah. a t-shirt. Uh, we'll get coffee morning. will be like salons, salons closed for coffee mornings. <laughs> Just coffee Yeah, morning. yeah. Can, can the boys come as well, please? Just I like cake. Yeah. yeah. He's all okay. <laughs> we'll, we'll, really we'll bring good, some cake. There's a really good group, though, on Facebook called Miscarriage for Men. I don't know if he's if, um, came across I've never it. heard of it. No, no. no yeah, no, no, no. so it's somebody as well who's quite local. Um... And that they kind of inspired me to make my page. Um, similar, you know, story in terms of pregnancy loss, um, but from a, man, a man's perspective. And the, he's doing a lot now. And I thought, well, I haven't seen anything for, for women. So mm-hmm. let's jump on and do that. But yeah, uh, Miscarriage for Men is a really good uh, page to follow. He, he's yeah. got, he's done very good with it. I think for well, miscarriages as well, I think one of the things is a lot of people who haven't went through it don't actually realise how horrible they are to go through. Like, it's not just the actual... And I know the emotional side's a big thing of it. Like, losing a child is a huge Mm. part of it. Mm. But it's, for the woman especially, it's you then have to push this out of you. It's like, it's not just a, oh, it's done, you've lost the baby, it's over, it's done. Then yeah. the woman has to go through that horrible situation of, and like I said, I'm not trying to trigger anyone, so sorry if this brings any thoughts up and stuff, but when I went through it with my partner, I remember there was a point where she was like, and this is sorry, too much information, no, no. Um, where she was like physically breaking down in tears because she could see like bits of like, oh, mate. you know yeah. what I mean, in the toilet. No, no. It's like it's no, no one should have to go through that or look at that or... And that can emotionally really affect you know, more, yeah. if not just as much as the fact that you've then got the grief of losing something as well. Yeah, like I would much rather, stage. yeah, like I would much rather my round fail than go through that again. 100%. Get the negative, get the negative test or get over it. It's happened before. Um, but I got palmed off quite a bit when I had my ectopic because I was sent away. It's just a miscarriage and... Um, the think that I was maybe having a multiple pregnancy. So um, for me, being late on my period is a normal thing. Um, but I just knew I was six days late on my period and I was walking the dog with Phil and I said, I think I'm pregnant. And I was like, that was the first time in my life that I ever thought that I was. Um, yeah. And a week later, I started bleeding. Um, so I literally had that one week period of feeling on top of the world. And, you know, like, this is natural, it's going to happen, it's going to be successful, um, mm. and then the bleeding comes, um, and he was working away, and I went to the hospital, and I was like, it could just be spotting, it could be implantation, um, mm. and the hospital tried to send us home, and the nurse who was there, she was actually quite shocked on how clued up I was, because I was like, no, you need to do this, you need to do my bloods, you need to see where my HCG is at, um, if it's not where it needs to be, then I'm having a miscarriage. Um, and just refused to leave the hospital until they'd done my bloods. And then I had to come back two days later for more bloods. Um, Phil was home at this point because I was getting heavier and heavier bleeding. Um, and an hour into my appointment that I should have had, there was no record of us attending the hospital. 
there was no record of his me speaking to a doctor um to the point where I was on the floor and I couldn't move um and I got sent home again for it to pass uh had an internal scan they said you know there's no heartbeat we can see all the tissue um sent us home two days later I get another phone call um and they ask us to go back in and they also find an egg in my tube that was three centimeters anything past about 3.5 centimeters can rupture your tubes which can be really massive so I had to go in for like emergency surgery that morning and get my right tube taken out bloody hell um so yeah but fun fact if you have an ectopic <laughs> wow what, what a change up that was by the way <laughs> i love the segment you're a natural you should be on this all the time you know if yeah. you have an ectopic pregnancy don't worry <laughs> yeah um but basically if you lose one of your tubes your um it will move over to the ovary to collect the egg so you've got mm. two but the other one will compensate and it will move to collect from either ovary wow, to get the clever. eggs yeah that's really clever that. yeah so it's also a little bit creepy though doesn't it that seems a bit weird yeah. you I, might I think, think that like that's the end you know me yeah. chances because I, I literally sobbed and said you know um i feel like my chances are getting slimmer and slimmer of becoming a mom um mm. and then i found it was actually a tiktok of a nurse describing it and just said it moves over to collect the eggs so Wow. Like, it knows which ovary's got an egg in and it'll move. That is so clever. Yeah, it's so good. Yeah, women are way, way better than us, I have to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, are. The things you go through compared to us is just, it's not <laughs> even comparable. Do you know what? It's honestly crazy. Like, yeah. it, I've, like, have you been on one of their machines before, Lou? The little electric ones that are like um pulse. Sure like. like, like oh no, <laughs> Lou, they are uh, best. We should have got one for tonight, shouldn't we? Oh <laughs> mate, no, I'm telling you now, you've you've seen nothing like it. Like you think it's bad. And I think, oh, I'm, I've got a kind of big pain threshold. Like I'd be sound, I'd be sound. Nah. And like the fact that that happens very often it's not just like a oh this happens once a year or twice a year no 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 this this happens once a month so yeah, yeah. and how do the how you cope with just do you mean, do you mean, just like, a period, do you mean like a period cramp is that yeah what that's what i'm talking about it's f- well if you thought that was bad endometriosis pain is probably 100 <laughs> times that it is ah, no I'll, I'll stick to without no <laughs> i'll not have yeah we'll take you we'll take you for that yeah. i was gonna say i'm not gonna have a go <laughs> on the machine again just to prove your point um no but it is it, i don't know how people cope with day-to-day life with it honestly I, and probably coming from like you know how men are always known as oh you get a cold and then you just can't do anything because you've got a cold. Mm-hmm. Man flu is the worst thing in the world. Whatever. Nah, nah. Tonight is I nothing on man flu. Nothing. I honestly, do not. I don't know how they just get on with their days. Like I would be in bed like oh I can't get up. My cramps killing us that bad. <laughs> People should definitely in workplaces get time off for periods. One hundred percent. Some people's are a lot worse, and um, you know that's. It is an awful thing to have. No, completely. So when we think of your next phase, and you you touched on it a little bit, actually. So Mm -hmm. um, obviously, we we now understand your story, which is, thank you so much for sharing. Like, genuinely, it's um, definitely been eye-opening for me, where I didn't know all of this 
happened and I feel really ignorant. So, um, yeah, massively um, take my proverbial hat off to, to say uh, well done for coming out and speaking. I think it's it's great. But when you now think about like the next year, two years, and you say you want to do more, you want to help more. Yeah. What what what, what isn't available for people? Like what what can we do more? Like whether it's with our friends, society, whatever that is, what should or could we be doing more to help people? Um, I think t- just talking about it, you know, I'm just really hoping that my page takes off more to even just educate people and it'll be good for it to reach, you know, more people so they can read up about it because Mm-hmm. some people might think that I'm just on there to kind of talk about me but it is also a great conversation opener to your friends and stuff to say you know I've seen this girl she's been going through this and you know this is me mm-hmm. um so I want to do um a lot more like speaking about it definitely because like you have said he was having heard a lot and you know we, we can't reach everybody um and the mm-hmm. more platforms and the more followers that you get yeah, the more people you can help. The more people I can help. Um, I feel as though when I, I went quiet on my page for a little bit because obviously I was having a break last year and now that I've started to kind of gradually post on it again, I'm getting more and more following. So mm-hmm. um, people just need to talk. Like I know it is just the, the, the common thing to say now is, you know, speak and you'll get help. But that's literally all people need to do is just to reach out. Mm-hmm. And is is there places where people can go to find out good information? Obviously, your your page is one of them, which is great. But is is there places where you've read in the past and went, actually, this is a place where I can, I, I know, I now know what's going on. Yeah. So the um, Ectopic Society was a really good page that I followed. They do a really nice uh, memorial thing where you can they do like a a, a tulip garden um every now and then and you can submit um your baby's name or even just you know like the surname and the date and they'll put it in a little memorial for you um for lewis as well the charity yeah. um they're a really good one for pregnancy loss and yeah they're um, brilliant there's actually a, a fun day, which will be amazing for some people to go to on the 27th of April um, at the Blue Flames. Mm-hmm. Um, and I start, I came across this page, uh, this fundraiser page of this girl who lost her son. Um, he was uh, he he was full term and I think mm-hmm. he died a few weeks old. So, you know, it's um, not just about people losing, you know, miscarrying. It's also, you know it would absolutely break my heart to think that it is still possible that I could go through all of this. Is this the one? Yeah. So, um, they're raising money for four Lewis, similar situation, you know, where they lost their baby, um, be awful. I'm trying to raise some money. So I've donated some vouchers, you know, from beauty and stuff and to go ahead and, um, kind of reached out to her as well and said you know it is a little bit different to what I've been through but I am here because mm. I don't think um a lot of people think there is somebody there who who kind yeah. of understands the pain so mm. I've found that even me reaching out to some people as well um it, it does get them speaking sometimes I kind of it takes us a little bit to build up the confidence to do that but normally mm. you do get people talking um 
I definitely think you doing stuff in person will mm. be a bit of a game changer. Like even you coming on tonight. Yeah. Hopefully people who follow your page, they might have read your posts, but I think hearing the story and yeah. the emotion behind it, it, it means a lot. So I definitely encourage one, you've been brilliant. So like, you. like you're naturally well, really good at talking. Yeah, but been shaking this full um this full thing. I've been anxiety oh, the roof. Yeah, you're definitely a natural. And and I would like to think it hasn't been too bad. Um I would I, I would definitely encourage you to do more because I think your your voice and your story is something that um people definitely need to hear. Yeah. I think even if if you think about how you can have the biggest impact with your page, it's probably then encouraging others to do what we, we've said, like talk up. Yeah. So even even hosting something like this, and you yeah. might talk once a month with some of the the girls who follow your page. I'd love to do stuff, that. Yeah. Stuff like, something like that. It's quite easy to do, and actually, mm -hmm. the impact you'll have from that, and and maybe you talk about one part of it every time. So you don't talk about everyone's story all the time. You might talk about yeah. the, pre, the the anything before IVF or current IVF or yeah. loss or or like how to live a life post mm -hmm. going through some of this and everybody's story is different and I do think that if pe more people spoke about it it, mm -hmm. it would lift a lot of pressure and weight off their shoulders as well because people do care like mm -hmm. everybody does you know yeah. yeah so when when you now look at the stage you're at today um mm -hmm. What what do you what do you think for the page, for example? Like what what do you want to achieve in the next twelve months? Like if you had to say two or three things that you want to happen, like what would they be? And I think one of them should be an in person thing. Yeah, I definitely. I would. I wouldn't. I would obviously have to find a ways the ways around it. But honestly, like I've even been thinking of there's a few community centres in the area and doing a couple of drop in days and mm. you know getting some flyers out of the community because. Again, I was shocked at how many people I actually knew who messaged mm. us. Um, and I would hope that, you know, some people would even just show up for a cup of tea to, to talk about their journeys. And um, yeah. it isn't all about the, the loss side of it as well and not no. working. It's, it's no. hearing people's positive yeah. stories as well. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I see so many people in the fertility centre who have obviously had positive rounds of IVF and... Um, it would be nice to also speak to those people to kind of get a bit of positivity out of it. Um, so definitely, you know, maybe have a couple of little coffee days with people. I would love that. Um, and maybe yeah. one day have my own little podcast with um, That's just it. people telling their stories, you know. Yeah, yeah. I did see. My yeah, next did. one will be me where I have got a baby and I'll be like... <laughs> like my prize trophy here shown yeah. it on the every we absolutely pray we pray to god that that happens yeah, honestly I, I think no one deserves it more so that, that's Indeed, definitely yeah. that's def definitely a thing um i did i did say to you when we were messaging um before this actually one of our friends of the podcast who came on and mm -hmm. we spoke all of, and i know you watched his podcast that he came on ours um yeah. i think it'd be really great for you guys to have a chat because he comes at it very much from a men a male's perspective and yeah i think there's probably a lot of things you guys would be able to talk about because he knows oh, it just yeah. like you know it which would be cool so yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm sure we can we can put you guys in touch which would yeah. be great oh, thank you and i think if you need any support, it was good yeah he's really good 
I think if you ever need any support in terms of like, you know, if you want to help start a podcast up or some yeah, anything help. like that, just oh, reach out. Yeah. Certainly. Yeah, like great. I said, you've got a it's massive nice you've got a massive story and, and to be honest, it's not just the story, it's the, it's it's your life, isn't it? You know what I mean? It's like yeah. something you actually live in and it's a, a thing that a lot of other women and, and men, partners and stuff go through and it, I think it helps a lot of people. So yeah, de- definitely yeah. from that perspective, yeah. we're we're here for you support at any time and if you need anything from us uh, certainly that's the crack one thing i wanted to ask just in terms of like from a different perspective mm-hmm. just from you just to get to know caitlin a little bit what is one fun thing like uh, it could be a, a talent or something that someone wouldn't know about you i hope you can juggle you know what i mean say juggle or something or like sing. a juggle or you could yeah you could be like the next mariah carey or what like how so this is that? really embarrassing but this is how <laughs> Love it, love it. Oh, Ellen. All right. Um, oh my god, Phil is gonna probably finish me today. <laughs> um, so when I was little, little me than like primary school, um I started singing in front of my best friend's family, and um they're like, Oh, you're really good, you're really good. Sign us up for Britain's Got Talent. No. <laughs> Right, so here's little me. Like, bearing in mind, like, I probably look like this. I mean, in I got bullied quite a bit in primary school, and um, so I, did, I was just really, like, anxious about it. But anyways, I got, uh, um, where was it? City Hall or something in the town. No, it was at the assembly, you know, the assembly rooms in Newcastle. Yeah. So I went yeah. there for the audition. Didn't have any music. <laughs> didn't have anything and I just stood in the middle of the room and they're like so what are you gonna sing and I was like um I don't know Amy Winehouse Valerie I actually sang that song because that was one of my favorites always been one of my favorite songs mm. um and I actually get some or nah. <laughs> um basically didn't bring me ID um mm. couldn't get through the next stage because they didn't know <laughs> <laughs> but they didn't reject you that for the singing so though they were like yeah yeah the singing's good yeah, but like imagine turning up to an audition with like no backing music, and I'm like, I'm just gonna do a cappella. Mm. Um, I back me so thinking like <laughs> proper pitch perfect vibes, but obviously not that good. Um, yeah. can you still so sing now or not? Talent that was just completely embarrassing story about myself. I love it, I love it. Um, cool. Can you still sing karaoke? Karaoke, fair. Because Job's like really good at singing. Oh, no, no. Job, Job is really good at singing, genuinely. Not, no, he's I played at Leeds like first. Dying cats. I like dying can... cats. Yeah. I was in a band. I was in a band. But to be honest, I've never been a singer. He's taught a lot of rubbish. Right? No, he can really sing, I promise. No, he's taught a lot of rubbish. On my life, I'm Job guitarist. I'm a guitarist. Well, I'm not anymore. I'm a field bald musician. A fat oh. field, fat field bald musician. Like most field musicians, lost my hair, got a shed to the weight and just sit and never play guitar anymore and just envy me guitars in the corner well um, I, um my best friend in high school i wanted to kind of stay with her after we left school and she signed up to do music at newcastle college so i did and um, again turned up you had literally auditioned for college for music no music just me singing rihanna like not a fucking clue and um so anyways we're what together and then they literally put put you in a band, and I'm not even joking. Like this mindset of awful. I was put in with like a group of like rock band players, and they wanted us to write my own music and everything. Mm. And it was like full on like emo screamo. <laughs> um, 
and I was like, I need to leave. And Do I you left. want a fun fact? Yeah. I went to Newcastle College and did music. <laughs> yeah. In a rock oh, band. I was that kid with the emo hair who did not oh, yeah. rock. No, I didn't do yeah, it. Yeah, I was like, I need, like, I just left one day and I thought, I just, I can't You're do this. I'm back. sorry, yeah. like, I love you, but I can't stay in college <laughs> with you for this. <laughs> Yeah, there was two though. There was there was a performing there was a performing one, and then there was like a theory one. So like the performing one was very like, it was very like, oh, everyone writes their own music and Mm -hmm. forms bands, and like I said, you would completely hit the nail on the head. They would put like the goths with like just someone who's totally sings pop music. It's like why why is the goth like paired up with there was other goths? Just put them with the other goths. Sitting in the corner of the room, like pretending to write this screamo song, and it's just like loads of like ah, it's all over the paper. Um, literally, and they were like, "So what have you got?" And I was like, "No, I'm going." <laughs> I've got just nothing. Amy sang Amy Winehouse in the end over just yeah, like chugs of guitar. Can you turn Amy Winehouse into some screamo <laughs> or something? How are Lewis? That's you now. Gotta be. Right. Well, I was Danny in Greece in primary school. We actually yeah. we don't was, have the hair yeah. for that, like. So not now. I don't. That? Hang on, fucking Baldy there, <laughs> giving it bigger, is he? Um, <laughs> um, yeah, was I was Danny there. in Greece, but I can't sing that. And I was in the school choir in primary school as well. And yeah, I, I feel I feel like puberty did me really bad for my singing or limited singing ability. I also was in a Westlife tribute band when I was 10 yeah. in primary school. Yeah, I was. And I sang Uptown Girl when I lived in Gibraltar. Can we get a little rendition quickly or? Nah, mate, you know you know I'm not great at singing <laughs> otherwise. If I if I had a bit, if I had something. You had it in your locker, did you? Yeah, if I, honestly, if I had even a tiny bit, I would sing. Just I am not scared. Constantly. I'm not scared. I just You're a shower sing. singer now. Yeah, a shower singer, or if I play the music loud enough, singer. So if the music's louder than I'm singing, you jam yourself out. Yeah, and then you you kind of trick yourself that you're a good singer, don't you? When the music drops though, and you're still belting, and it's like the music—it's the most embarrassing thing. Have you seen all the videos where where they're driving and like everyone turns the music down when they start singing? One person's just belting it. Yeah, that that gives me stepbrother vibes, and they're like, ha ha ha. Oh. Yes, it is. That's it so yeah. Um, yeah. I think I'm really good at singing if I sing really quiet. Like, I, I feel like I <laughs> if you don't sing, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. But if I, do you know, when you actually try to give it beans a bit, I don't feel like I've got that. That's the, a the confidence thing, goes. though. No, it's a confidence thing because when people are afraid, Ooh, I actually... think it's a sound no, thing. no, 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 trust us. When people are afraid to actually just belt, they end up Ooh. doing like a a crap version of it and it's like if you actually just let it go the note go you, the song you, your chord would actually your vocal cords would i haven't got to let it go me either point. i'm not gonna go too far into it but yeah mm-hmm. most most people can actually sing to a to somewhat level which is why you can be trained to be somewhat can anyone sing do we think mm, like to, with lessons can anyone anyone can sing? sing to a mediocre a level. level to a mediocre level Anyone can be taught how to hold a pitch, like how to hit a certain note. That's easy enough. But someone's voice, you have to be, in my opinion, you have to be naturally gifted with a good voice because a lot of people have very nasally voices or mm. like just don't but sound. What do you think good? Ed Sheeran? Don't have the accent. But Ed, but Ed Sheeran sounded crap 
when he started and now he sounds unbelievable. Yeah, they do get a lot more control over their voices, don't they? Mm-hmm. I'll tell you, you one what... thing about Ed Sheeran, though. Like, I was watching Game of Thrones and then all of a sudden he was just there in the forest. Uh, unbelievable. Then I was like, what the fuck is he doing there? <laughs> Yeah, I, I loved him in Game of Thrones. He had such a massive part in the whole show. Five <laughs> seconds that he's around the campfire. Yeah, hundred percent. Did um, so? What's your go-to karaoke song? Because you say you got karaoke. If someone asks you, can you sing, and you say karaoke, that means you have a it song. Depends who I go with. So one of my friends. Every time we go to the pub, we always end up singing Estelle American Boy and doing the girl. Oh, what a bit. tune! Oh, that's a what great a song. Tune. Um, How does it go? I'm not singing it. Mm, 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 mm. And <laughs> um, you could listen to it later on YouTube or something. Yeah. Um, oh, Valerie, I love Valerie and Valerie. I took the classic. Yeah, one of me, like my best friend, he he committed suicide um, a couple of months ago, and that was our wow. song. And it always has been, and I loved that song before we even met him. Then he loved that song as well. Yeah. Um, so. Keeps coming on in the salon at work, and I'm like, oh, he's here. Oh, bless. Oh, bless. It, I think it gets more sentiment, doesn't it? Like when yeah. something like that happens. Definitely. Uh, I'm sorry to hear that as well. That's... Yeah, yeah. Same. Last year was really it's tough happened. on top of everything else. I lost, um, I lost my granddad um, oh, in sure. September, and then I lost my uncle to suicide three weeks later, and then I lost my best friend to suicide two months later so hoping for some positivity this year yeah i'm um, hoping for some positivity for you too one of Definitely. the last things that my best friend said to us um be- before he-, he died was all i want in this world is for you to have a baby so oh, i'm clinging on to that and hoping that he's looking over us and that's yeah. what he's gonna give us this year yeah that and lots of i'm not calling it salary that is where i draw the line oh yeah Valerie. Valerie's Valerie's a tough name to get away with, isn't it? It is. It is. You've got to be really edgy to get a Valerie, I think. Yeah. You got. You got. Might, might, you might have to be in a rock band or be a god. Could be an Amy. Could be an Amy. Amy's not a bad one. Mm. Oh, she's not happy with Amy. Nah. Oh, there's an ex called Amy. Revelations on the Everyman podcast. Oh God! There's an ex called Amy. Like I really hope there's nobody watching that and listening to that Britain's Got Talent story because I'm <laughs> dreading the next time that I bump into my friends. Can we like, that bit out? Come on over. <laughs> <laughs> Stop making a fool. Oh, he's got it. Go on. Oh, clicks. There we go. Oh, how I haven't got a high pitch of me. Could have filmed. I have not got a high pitch of me. I've got a lower pitch of me. I'll allow it. I'll allow it. I'll allow it. Lewis, did you say that? Um, is it your sister who's who's been trying? What what's her situation? So my sister. Yeah, my sister and her husband. So James, who is normally on the podcast. um, Oh, okay. He they've gone through like testing and stuff mm-hmm. and i think i believe she's fine i believe he's fine but his swimmers don't swim straight is the point his swimmers right. swim round in so circles his mobility is it's not great i think so i think mm-hmm. that's the thing i th- i think they just maybe need to put like crutches on them or something to keep them in a straight or put like yeah. swimming lanes so they just go <laughs> up and down because he's um, a yeah, well, yeah, he's a Sunderland fan as well. Sunderland so it fans, makes, so makes sense, sense. doesn't it? They're out backwards. The thing is, though, um, there's another... So you've got IVF, um, where you mix them into the same dish, and then you've got ICSI, where 
you know, they will, you'll get a sample and they'll go into that sample and they'll take the best sperm out and they'll inject it into the eggs. Mm. So I don't know if they are eligible for IVF, but if it ever went down know. that route, are they not? I don't know, I don't know. Oh, you don't, don't know. know. So yeah, not everybody is. Um, that, that's starting to change. Um, how can you not be eligible? What's, so what's basically, if you have, um, well, free uh, IVF. So if you've got a child to a, a previous relationship, then you're not eligible for IVF for free. Mm. Because there's nothing wrong with you, pretty much. Um, it's only just starting to change for same-sex couples now. Uh, they're starting to refer same-sex couples on the NHS. But again, they would think, well, there's nothing, there's nothing wrong with you. You could literally go and get, you know, a man's sperm or mm-hmm. like a, you know, impregnate your friend. You know, there's nothing wrong with you. So that's why you would have to pay. Um, mm-hmm. but that's a, that's a good show. If he's got mobility issues with his sperm, then ICSI could be. Uh, they could go in. Even insemination, they could go in and they could pick the best sperm out and they could do insemination or they could do ICSI because it mm. picks the highest quality sperm because they wanted to do that with us because Phil's first sample was quite low. Um, mm-hmm. But then it was absolutely fine. But yeah, I'm sure there's ways around it for them. Yeah, it's and they're still really young as well. Because I guarantee, like, you know, until you ask these questions as well, they will just try and give you anything. They'll give you that, as we say before, they'll give mm-hmm. you the straight answer of yeah. yes, no, yes, no, instead of actually what do you need as a person mm-hmm. or as a this, couple like, to help. These questions that like now I'm still noting down from speaking to other people because, you know, even seven rounds in, there's still things that like I'm finding out from other people that they haven't told me, mm-hmm. um, which is a massive part of like we are like, I mean, I was on a hen do a couple of weeks ago and I did have a little drink, but um like Phil's done completely dry, Jan. He's still sober from New Year, and uh, I'm now fully sober. Um, because anything that you do now will affect your uh, reproductive system in three months' time. Right. Okay. I, I never knew that. You know, just I little know things. Ev- just little things like that. I'm still finding out, but they they don't tell you anything like that. It's just like, right, this is the medication that you take. This is what we're going to do, um, and let's see what happens. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think there's so much that we don't know. And it's maybe how do we, like, where's where's the place to go? Like, should there be just an FAQ, 100 questions or 50 questions, whatever? And it's just really simple answer. This is what it is. Um, but, yeah, I'm, I'm very conscious that Job has just said he has to drop. Um, which, yeah, which is, no, but I'm going to be honest, it's been amazing. And I think this is this is a topic that we will definitely speak about again we would obviously yeah. love to have you back on and i think yeah. if there's if there's um there's anything at all we can obviously help with with the stuff you're doing we'd be happy more than happy to come along to any sort of in-person events and stuff it's oh that would be lovely yeah, yeah. it would definitely be good to to kind of have a catch-up maybe yeah in a, couple of months time and see where i'm at good news yeah that would be amazing yeah i'll just be standing here with my bump like, oh, um, please, God. just, just, like, uh, yeah. one of those, like, tube tops, just with a I'm bump. Like, Phil, I hope you know I am good to wear body condresses every single day with my yeah, bump. Yeah, every day, every day with the bump. That is it. No, every day. Um, well, well, Caitlin, it has genuinely been a real pleasure, and thank you so much for coming on. Oh, we are... thank you. It's been so nice, even yeah. just speaking to men about it. Like, it's been yeah, so exactly. understanding. Yeah, it's been just different. Yeah.
a whole bunch of teachers a bit. <laughs> a lot. Yeah, like it's definitely demo. have. Definitely have. And yeah. I hope we haven't come across as silly or stupid. Oh, no, honestly. Okay. I'm glad we've done this because I've wanted to kind of be as raw as possible. And it, it's good to have questions, you know, from yourselves who literally are clueless because I probably wouldn't end up speaking about half the stuff that we did. <laughs> so. Yeah, no, that's it completely um okay well thank you very much to all who listened live mm -hmm. as we know and as we say every week it goes out properly next week on spotify apple podcasts amazon music um so yeah thank you very much if you don't already please follow the everyman podcast um and we will catch you next week thank you very much guys thank you bye Cheers. bye bye just ending the stream